Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone. Welcome to Hue at Home. I'm Tracy Koga. And it feels like we are exactly at home. I have a dear friend, Allie Raposo, back here. She has so many titles. I can't even begin to start on how many. But I think my biggest one, and I'm such a big fan of yours, is your advocacy for mental health. And we are in the month of May. And it's a huge month, right? Yeah, huge month for mental health. Yes, mm-hmm. the first week is Mental Health Week, so. Yes, but mental health is every day. Every day, always. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for you, I mean, there's always something that's at the top of your list that you're really pushing for, and so what would that be? Uh, for advocacy, I think myself is the stigma surrounding mental illness. Like it's still, still? It's, I know, it's like, come on, it's 2023, yeah. what is going on? But uh, it's a stigma that's associated with it. And I think uh, some people have gotten really more accustomed to depression and anxiety because they're, they're more common and more talked about. But when you start getting into the nitty gritty or things that may be a little bit more complicated, like uh, a personality disorder, or I suffer with borderline personality disorder. So when people hear that right away, they go, whoa, what is that? Is that multiple personalities? Is that, you know, maybe something that's extreme or violent? So a lot of people will shy away from using those kind of diagnosis titles. And so for me, I'm really trying to use my platform and my own voice and just get out there and talk about it more. Maybe people see that I can do it in the, the capacity that I work in and, and, you know, professionally that maybe it isn't the biggest thing in the world that's so scary that just, you know, talk about it. So stigma right now is the, is the biggest concern, access to different services. I, I'm blessed in the sense that I can, you know, access and afford different services. That's not the case for everybody here right now. So stigma and resources for sure. And that's just so true. I, you know, we kind of got together during COVID or whatever, yeah. like virtually and like, wow, okay, mental illness and everything that we talked about was yeah. out there. And I thought, boom, you know, as soon as we get out of this, I mean, it's just going to continue on, but it's almost like people just, <gasps> I want to zip my, you know, my mouth shut. Yeah. I'm going to continue on the, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I think that everybody was like, take care of your mental health. Do, mm-hmm. you know, do really good for yourself. Make sure you're taking self-care during the during the pandemic but now that that's kind of done everyone's like okay back to the nine-to-five grind you know forgetting about ourselves forgetting about the people that we're really vulnerable about what they're suffering with uh during COVID and so right now more than ever I think maybe people are feeling a little bit forgotten about or that now that we're all kind of back into the hustle and back on that grind it's not so talked about anymore it's kind of just fallen to the back burner if you will 
So I'm going to ask you now, because a lot of what you do, you mentioned, you know, telling your story, sharing your story in the platforms. You do a lot of public speaking. Mm -hmm. Saying that story and it comes off like you, like just like water off your shoulders because mm -hmm. you know it so well. When you take a look back, though, and all of the stuff and all of the events, Allie, that you've spoken at, how much action have you seen? Yeah, so I think... I think action is, for me, it would look different for different people. So I mm -hmm. think it's perspective. For me, the action would be if I'm going out there and the purpose is to have people talk about it more or feel more comfortable about getting help, then I think on my end, it's gone well. Only because when I go and speak in schools or sometimes I'm asked to speak um, in settings where it might be problematic, problematic situations, kids who are just going through a lot, those kind of situations, a lot of the time after I go and speak to youth or all women's groups or anything like that, I will have a younger girl reach out to me in some way on social media or find my email or their parents will reach out to me and say thank you because they don't feel so alone and they mm -hmm. have taken those actionable, tangible steps to go and get help. So it's it's doing it from so many different facets, right? Like I'm mm -hmm. trying to do the community grassroots on that level, but then also in the, po in the policy level too, like what can we do on that end? So... I feel like the people who are more in charge of it are the people that are the ones suffering. Now we just need to get the, the decision makers and the policy changers to get on board with the rest of us. And why is that so hard? <coughs> because you work at City Hall. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, and I think that right now we do have we do have good leadership mm -hmm. in that it's been acknowledged. We need to find what we need to do best. But there's a quote that says nothing about us without us. And so that can go for, I think it was coined in the disability community. And so that quote in itself is we need to have the consultations with the primary folks that are suffering in order to know exactly what model, which way will work best for them. Because we can throw money at um, things and, and problems but it's just a band-aid solution we need to you know go to the root of the cause and I think the biggest thing that's missing in in so many different policy changes or even you know any level of government is is the lack of lived experience through the lens of policy makers and um, change makers because we we really need to know what's wrong from those people instead of kind of a high-level overview and that's a huge I guess barrier mm -hmm. yeah, or exactly. hurdle and you know it'll probably be a constant battle. I want to get back, <coughs> excuse me, when we're talking about young people. Mm -hmm. Young people today, if we kind of compare to the problems of young people today to the problems that you know even I had back then <laughs> which yeah. is a long time ago, we didn't have social media. Oh, I, I, I You know, yeah. the, the media was not like what media is today. No. And I might be old school, but I want to see your perspective of this. Yeah, absolutely. See, so, like, yeah. my mom would say, or I come from the generation, just suck it up. Yeah, that's and, or, exactly Or, you know, it. just don't say anything. It'll get better. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, turn a blind eye or whatever. Just, whereas today, mm -hmm. speak up. Yes. No, tell, no, yeah, go ahead, do it. Yeah, feel, feel everything it. you feel, say yeah. out loud. I think there's a really, it's it's black and white. There was never really a gray area. <laughs> it was just like, this is the way it is. Go put some dirt in that cut and deal with it. You'll yeah. be good. And then yeah. the other side was like, how does that make you feel? Where are you going to go with that information? So I think that social, I, the world the way it is right now and the way that kids have it right now, I feel like everything is very extreme mm -hmm. everything is brought to the extremes I think that 
Um, everybody sees things the slightest. The slightest touch could be the biggest extremity in the whole world. And so I think that kids have it pretty rough right now. I think they're really conflicted. And they're conflicted with what they see on social media, and which could be intense things. It could be awful things. But then they put themselves in the real world, and it's this kind of we're all like, woe is me. <laughs> and I find that vibe everywhere, <laughs> woe is me. But um, I think that they, it's, they're kind of getting so stuck in this world of oppression and there's this and that instead of just living in the now and experiencing it in the now. And I think it's all really, really just toxic in terms of um, their mental health. Social media is, is gone out of control, in my opinion. I think kids are on it far too early. Um, there's way too many expectations, and then if you don't have those expectations, way too much disappointment to follow. Like I, I almost am really glad that I'm not that age, and I would I was the other end of it too. But maybe different for other people, right? Yeah, no, and then you know for yourself too, Ali, what you've accomplished and everything like that is fantastic. But every day is a battle, right? Mm -hmm. Every you, single day. You don't know. You can't say I'm going to be like that two days from now. No, you can't. And I think even just in this last little while, it's a great question because in this last little while, you, you do so good and you're feeling great and everything is on top of the world and then something you forget almost. Because you're doing so good, you forget that you take a little bit more work than some other people do or I need a little bit more self-care or I need to be a little bit more intentional with my self-care than some other people may. And when I forget about that, like I had a little bit of a rough week last week with my mental health and it's because I was doing so good up leading up to it. I'm like, whatever, celebrating, wasn't, you know, doing the things that I need to do, working out every day, routine, whatever it is for me. But, and then I kind of let go of that and I could see myself going up and down and it's because I just forget sometimes with my, when I'm doing really well, which is in itself a good thing, but also <laughs> a bad thing, right? You need to stay on top of it. And so for me, it's like, yeah, put in that work every day, which is also a constant reminder that I need to put in that work. It's like a car, I always say. Like my mental <laughs> health is like a car. Always do the maintenance, get your oil changes, take care of it, make sure it's clean at all times. So it's just ongoing care and maintenance. So what new things are on the horizon for you as the mental health advocate? Well, uh, I, I'm still in my position at the City of Winnipeg, so I'm coordinating the Human Rights Committee. It's, it's increasingly exciting every day. It's the first one in Canada to exist, so mm -hmm. there's no other Canadian city like it. So it's learning new things every day, paving the way. We're not following a different model, which is unique and, and um, really exciting for me. But on the side, I've also started up a new business. So I guess mm -hmm. in whole, it's a consulting business. and. Uh, the biggest service that I that I have, and I guess my most exciting and solid one right now, would be public speaking coaching. So one-on-one -on -one public speaking coaching with folks. It doesn't even have to be, you know, an entrepreneur or somebody who wants to give those high-level CEO business meetings. It could just be somebody who wants to feel more confident in a room, socializing. I know COVID did a number on all of us in terms of like our social batteries, our ability to socialize good. So just giving people some confidence back and understanding like. This is how you can do it. This is how you shouldn't do it. Finding your niche and then just mm -hmm. running with that. So it's been super exciting so far. Oh, great. Yeah. So um, before we wrap up the mental health section of our conversation, for anybody out there that is struggling, you know, right now with things the way they are, what are some of the things that they need to do? Um, they need to take really good care of themselves and be easy on yourself. 
because there's nothing worse than dealing with the shame and the guilt that a mental illness can bring, either by society or yourself. So if there's one thing you can do for yourself, let go of the shame and the guilt that's accompanied by something that isn't your fault. Uh, know that, that you're not alone and own it. Own yourself. It's a piece of you. It's who you are. So let it be a piece of your flair and just take good care of yourself is, is definitely the line. Okay, so don't go away. Allie will return. We'll know more about Reposo Strategies and Solutions. <laughs> Almost sounds like a law firm, but folks, no. <laughs> it is a brand new venture that Allie has opened her doors to, so we want to hear more about that. And, of course, you know, all of the things, human rights, mental health, that'll all be talked about, too. So don't go away. You're watching Hugh at Home. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Two. <laughs> Sweet. <clears throat> awesome. Yep. Okay. Welcome back to Hewitt Home. My special guest is Ali Raposo. And Ali, the first half we talked about your, you know, big advocacy for mental health uh, with your experience, your lived experience. You had mentioned, though, how it is so important to have people at the top or policymakers to actually have that lived experience, uh, whether it's in mental health and yeah. human rights, any of these things, you know, that mm-hmm. people are talking about. Yes. So, yes, your new business, <laughs> Proposo yes, uh, Strategies, Strategies and Solutions. Solutions. Yeah, that one, even just picking the name was fun. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> running it through this thing in my machine with my mom, and we're like, no, 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 that's too, that's too much. <laughs> but we found a good one, and I was, it's hard to kind of find your area in terms of I could do this, well, I could also do that. So let's let's taper it down and be, you know, clear with what we want. So I am somebody who people will call all the time, whether it be, Uh, running a campaign, political campaign, or just a marketing campaign, or a fundraiser, uh, event planning, anything like that. I get called because they want to consult with me. And so forever I'm sitting there and I'm looking over all my stuff and I'm going, there's people that actually make money doing this (laughs) and have a business doing this. And I'm giving this away for free. like, this is pretty good stuff. (laughs) Like, I probably really need to capitalize on this. And so, and I love doing it, right? Yeah. So I'm like, how am I going to branch it off? So one one of the consulting services is people, culture, and growth. And that's mm-hmm. looking at, you know, internal things. So how do we diversify our workforce? How can we, and how can we do so with dignity too? How do we diversify our, our workforce? How do we know that we're being the best allies with anti-racist initiatives, mm-hmm. policies? Um, how do we make sure our, our place is accessible, both, you know, physically and metaphorically accessible? inclusive, all those things. So I think a lot of businesses are wondering how, wondering right now, how do we do that? How do we get on board with this whole DEI thing? And so I would come in and I would do a consultation to see kind of where they're at, where mm-hmm. they're not, and then come up with some strategies to help them meet those things, whether it be a, a metric that we make at their work or anything that kind of helps us look at the areas that we're missing. So something like that, or even a mental health workplace, 
workshop. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people are going through burnout right now. We're going into a new season. So right now is a good opportunity to hire a mental health consultant to come into your work, um, figure out how we can do better in the workplace, avoid burnout, make everybody feel welcome and, and healthy and thriving in the business, those kind of things. And then, you know, multi-year strategic planning, the things that that just businesses don't have the time to sit down and do and they're looking for that third party. So there's that portion of it, and then there's the public relations. So <laughs> events and speaking and, you know, media. All the fun stuff. All the fun, cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and so when I was doing the, the media relations and helping people out, they're like, well, all that's great, and the tools are wonderful, but I, can't, I still can't deliver it like you. So I was like, well, I should probably offer that as a service as well. <laughs> so then I <laughs> okay. just created yeah. the one-on-one -on -one yeah. public speaking coaching, and it's been a total attention grabber. I think there was a market for it here in mm -hmm. Winnipeg. Um, there's a lot of stuff online, but mine can be hybrid, obviously, if you're in Winnipeg. And right. uh, it's a really unique thing. Okay, so number one, fault or whatever, <laughs> or for beginners. Um, speaking, the way that people speak, sometimes they'll alter their voice. So it's just a natural thing. I've totally been uh, guilty of this in the past. You want to either lighten it or deepen it or change the way you sound or to mock another person mm -hmm. and I think it's just like you then think too much about the way that you're talking instead of your message that's number one and the second is speaking from your throat not your diaphragm so like a singer right you mm -hmm. want to sing mm -hmm. from your diaphragm otherwise you just have you're relying on your throat and if you go like this with your throat it sounds shaky so if anybody has anxiety or they're scared about public speaking if you're speaking from an area that's not really wholesome you're not going to get that rich powerful kind of delivery it's just going to be all up in here and really kind of wiggly so speak from your diaphragm those are kind of just two areas that i think people overlook right away but those two if you can nail those two the confidence and the anxiety, the imposter syndrome, you can toss yeah. it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you can probably relate to like your very first speaking engagements mm. to where you are oh now. Gosh, yeah. But breathing is really important too, breathing, right? Breathing, yes. And if you don't breathe, then that's, that's where the you, throat thing. Yeah, yeah if like you you're hold just it in there, like you're just kind of stuck high level <laughs> up there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's so true though. Uh, when you alter your voice. I know, and it's not it's not anyone's fault, it just happens, and I, I've seen it many times. I used to be guilty of it too, or even, you know, when we answer the phone, like, it's a normal thing that people do, so if you, if you can get rid of that before we start speaking, you'll be good. You'll be able to, you'll be able to amend yourself in different ways too. <laughs> Except I think people would rather my nice telephone voice than my yelling at Rocky <laughs> to behave. That's yeah. my puppy, but yeah. But no, I, yeah. There's so, just so many things, and I know public speaking is, is bar none for you. It also, though, too, opened doors for you, mm -hmm. both opportunistically mm -hmm. and mentally, I think. Yes. Oh, to totally. To tell your story. It does, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest things, too, is if people are really wanting, especially if they're looking to come to me for public speaking on mental health, then it's like a two for one. It's almost like a it's almost like a therapy in it too, because well, talking and you know telling your story is therapeutic. It puts you in a vulnerable state. But I think that folks that get themselves through that vulnerability and understand that there's resilience at the end of the vulnerability kind of hangover that comes with talking about your story all the time. That uh, they just find the the tremendous. Uh, wins from it like like I said with those the younger people who come up to me and tell me those, that there's nothing more gratifying than that mm -hmm. you're like you're putting yourself vulnerable and who knows it could be 
your first experience it could be terrifying but I mean if you're having those kind of outcomes and especially if you're getting out there it's hugely great for the person listening for the person giving the speech and then just providing that high level awareness really no and it's true and I think that you have a great way of just making people feel relaxed but and then looking this now as a business for you mm -hmm. I, number one exciting but then number two it is a responsibility mm -hmm. And I don't know how you do it because your name is stamped on so many boards and she's the chair of this. And I want to also talk about Alpha House too because that's mm -hmm. amazing. Yes. You sit on the board for that mm -hmm. too as well. Yes. So and then I'm on the board for the Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention. So they're actually <laughs> sending me to Halifax uh, next, or no, May, yeah, sometime mm -hmm. in May. And it's going to be uh, for the National Conference of Life. So it's a suicide prevention <laughs> conference, all in one, kind of all encompassing it all. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a professional it's a professional thing. And actually, what's interesting about the business is that the folks that have reached out to me and the clients that I have right now are not in the mental health realm at all. They're all folks that are wanting to um, start up their own business or wanting to do a campaign or um, folks who are running for politics. So. It's totally strange how it goes into different areas, but it kind of all folds back into the one. Yeah, and speaking of suicide, again, that is huge. And uh, always the white elephant along with mental health. Mm -hmm. that it's yeah. always hanging there. You don't want to say the word. Yeah, the S word, yeah. Yeah, but you know you know that it, it's happening and it's a crisis too. It's it, a crisis, yeah. yeah, it is. And I think that people, like you said, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to say that big word, yeah. but... It's happening, and it's a product of many different things. It's a product of <laughs> lack of resources, product of the stigma that's associated with it, right? And mm -hmm. so if there's any way that we can do things like this and have these open communications about what it's like, then maybe maybe we can all do a part some way about it. And so I'm going to wrap things up. Will you run in politics? <laughs> Yes, I will. <laughs> I will. Um, I've been waiting. I've been, I've been waiting. Been, yes. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it'll happen. I've had a few people approach me in different times, in different ways, but it's never been the time. I wanted to conquer a couple of my own things first, so mm -hmm. I'll get there one day, and I'll make sure I'll let you know. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes, yes. No, but uh, I mean, for everything that you've done, whether it's volunteer or, you know, professionally, it's been amazing. It's been wonderful to see you grow into mm, a beautiful you so young much. woman and and uh yeah i maybe our next mayor maybe yeah. our next premier <laughs> or prime minister the i don't know oyster. exactly <laughs> but congratulations on the thank new you, company Tracy. and thank i'm you. sure we're going to hear more from you absolutely all right so and thank you for joining us here at hugh at home and we'll see you next time right here on hugh I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. 
Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.